We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, hello, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to the future award-winning Talk of Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in today. Got a good episode. My man, recurring guest, friend of mine. I don't know if he considers me a friend. I consider him a friend, at least, anyway. But he's on the show a lot. It's been a minute since I've had him, though. Joe from Queens. What's up, buddy? Before we even... And by the way, before we even... Hold on, hold on. Before we even get into any conversation here folks we're going to talk bills we're going to talk super bowl i want to get joe's thoughts on the halftime show i'm going to force him bully him into a little bit of saber talk near the end but before that people who all if people don't follow you on twitter they might not know this but joe recently just got married and went on a honeymoon and before we even get into any sports talk i gotta ask you how the conclusion of the honeymoon played out i say that half I say that not not smiling because it's not funny. It's still not funny. It never will be completely funny. But I, I I have a different attitude because you're home and you're safe and your wife's safe. That said, at the end of your honeymoon, you could not get back into the states. <laughs> so tell us tell us what happened, man. Tell us how this played out. Well, as uh, thanks for having me on again. Hello. Uh, yeah, I had I got COVID uh, while on my honeymoon. Uh, so technically, I, we think we I got COVID prior to us leaving, which I actually, we think we we pretty much ninety percent certain we 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 got it at the Bills Chiefs game. So again, the Bills the Bills and Chiefs just keep fucking kicking us in the nuts because <laughs> we were we were at our friend's house down like down the street, good people, Bills fans, and very responsible people like boosted, don't really go out, and you know we you know we hung out with them and like two three days. Two, three days later, we were supposed to go to, on our honeymoon. And I think on Tuesday of that week, they had told us, like, they just got COVID. So in order for us to go prior to that, in order for us to go to a different country, we had to get a PCR test. So basically, we had to be, you know, we had to be clean. So we went on that Monday, the day after the, the Super Bowl, got a PCR test. We were both negative. So fine. Then, like, we got the word on Wednesday and, like, Tuesday from them. And we're like, ugh. Like, okay, maybe we got it. We don't think we did. My wife took a bunch of, like, rapid tests that we had at the house. She was fine. So by the time we got there, it was on a Thursday. I was fine. And then, like, 
I I would say Friday night and Saturday. Where did you go? Where exactly for your? Oh, we went to Saint Lucia. Saint Lucia. So we went to Saint Lucia, and you know we're there, and on Saturday because we left that Thursday, and on Saturday I started feeling. Like, oh, look at this. You're putting some pictures of us. Yeah, not even for asking every, me. For everybody. Look at you over here. <laughs> for everybody. Just throw up some video. Why did you get, you got us in the bedroom too, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> the majority of people are listening, but we are also taping this for, for YouTube as well. And I, I got a nice wedding picture of look Joe and Melody. Stalking That's like, my I, I actually page. have two. Here's another one real quick. Oh, look at Everybody that. watching. These are actually really, by the way, I don't want to get off topic here, but really the photography was funny. Pat showing us, <laughs> Pat showing his uh, photos of our wedding on the video. This was, uh, they were, they were some amazing off. photos. I enjoyed, I, I plucked them off your Facebook page because we're friends on Facebook. But uh, anyway, yeah. right, continue with the story. Go ahead, man. Yeah. And my, my wife says we missed you at the wedding. I know. So just FYI anyways, but, uh, yeah, so we we get to you know by the by Saturday I started feeling a little under the weather and I I kind of thought that was because I was drinking a lot and like you know you're drinking it's like sure, all inclusive absolutely you're yeah. drinking and like you know I'm 42 whatever the hell I am now so I'm like okay maybe I'm getting a little bit like sick because of that and then like I didn't have as much energy and I was sneezing and I just kept thinking okay it's got to be a cold because Melanie is fine she doesn't have anything. And I'm thinking like that's that's how it's working. And then Sunday comes and I'm feeling really tired. And I'm still going through stuff. Like we're doing all this shit. Like we're going on like we're going through waterfalls, like or like swimming in waterfalls. We're going to like the mud baths and things like that. If you put that on on here, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> uh but like we, we're doing all that sort of stuff. So maybe that's a part of it. Like you're tired, you're going, sure. you know. And then like Sunday comes, we're at the beach, and I'm just really just like, I'm just kind of tired and I'm drinking, but I'm not drinking that much like I normally would. Like, you know, I had planned on like drinking as many coconut alcoholic drinks as possible. I'm like having like one to two and I'm like, eh, whatever. And then, and then like, but I'm still, I'm still fighting through it. And I've like, I've gone through this before where I'm sick and I have to go out and drink. Like I, I remember one time, you know, I had WrestleMania weekend where I went to WrestleMania in New York and I was sick that weekend and I went to like five wrestling shows. But I, I remember when you did that. Yeah, and I was like, fuck this. I'm not missing this. And that's how I fell on my honeymoon. I'm like, I don't care if I got the flu, pneumonia. I'm going through this. Sure. So so by by Monday, we're supposed to leave on Tuesday. And by law or whatever, you're supposed to take a COVID test that the hotel was given to us in order for us to leave the country. So at that point, I was feeling a little bit better because I was taking DayQuil. And I, I, that's where I kept thinking I had a cold. So I took a test on... <laughs> on monday and you know i just remember i was sitting at the canopy like by the pool sitting by myself kind of like like eating and my wife went to go back to the room to go shower because we were supposed to do like a sunset cruise and then then all of a sudden like i look up and, the, and this guy comes right into the canopy and he goes hey are you joe i'm like yeah and he goes uh yeah you failed your COVID test and i was like what and i was like all right and i was like so what happens and they were like you got a quarantine here for like seven days or whatever seven they said seven to ten days they really didn't have a great idea and i was like all right and obviously i had to go back to the room tell my wife she was not happy obviously um and it, you know kind of ruined our day <laughs> because we were supposed we were supposed to go out and have fun or whatever so like she couldn't stay because if she had stayed she would have they would have the, the protocol is after seven to ten days you can leave no matter what even if you have covid or you're dying you can leave. They don't even test you again. So if I had, she had stayed, she would have had to get tested 
when we had to leave again. So if she failed that, then she has to quarantine. Then she gets stuck, right? Yeah, and, and I knew she was going to get it, and she ended up getting she ended up leaving the next day, and then she got COVID. Like officially, she got sick the day she got back to New York City. So you know, it was the hotel was very nice, and we hung. We you know I. I just basically was in a villa by myself, eating room service, getting fat. I mean, if you're on the video right now, you can see I have probably like a second chin, maybe a third. I'm I'm approaching Pat Moran chins over here. Not quite. Not, Not yet. quite. But, Not yet. But but yeah, so I was eating and like, you know, I luckily I brought my computer with me so I could work down there. So I had Wi-Fi and it was fine. Um, and it, it was really... Uh, it wasn't... A, they did not have their shit together because it was so weird. Like, the, guy, the hotel... Like, didn't really know, like, how long I was supposed to stay down there. Like, they were, like, seven to ten days. And, like, I was supposed to wait for, like, this doctor from, like, the, the government to call me and be, like, hey, how are you feeling? Blah, blah, blah. And then they feel like, you don't have no symptoms. You can leave. And, like, I didn't get a call from the doctor until the day I left. And I kept asking, like, the hotel owner, manager, like, hey, what's going on? No one's called me. Like, oh, they'll call you soon. Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I, I called Monday. I was, like, look, I got to get back. Like, my wife's sick. And. You know, she she misses me. I miss her, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and the guy's like, oh, that, the, I thought someone called you on Friday. I'm like, no. And then, like, we found out, like, the, the doctor called someone else to tell them their prognosis. So, basically, I told him, no, I have to leave today. And all of a sudden, the doc, the hotel manager shows up with a, a letter that basically was, like, from a doctor saying, I've, been, I've cleared protocol. I can go back home. Like, total shady shit. And I'm like, all right, whatever. But the moral of the story is this. Uh if you're ever traveling out of the country and you have to do all this stuff with the PCR, I, it's funny, like, real quick, I knew a friend of mine who went to Africa for his honeymoon and had the same shit happen to them where they had to quarantine and, and all that sort of stuff. You know, don't see anyone, like, before you leave because, like, you know, at that point, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have saw it, saw it, seen anyone. Like, we should have just stayed put. I think we just kind of thought, hey, we got the shot, we got boosted, we're responsible, we don't hang out with people who sure. don't have the shot you know what i mean but your honeymoon. yeah yeah and like you know and that sort of stuff but like i would tell people like like if you're leaving the country and you have to get a pcr test like don't hang with people like before you leave and also definitely get traveler's insurance because that's what we had because i got to stay there for free like you know i didn't pay and like the place we stayed at was a ridiculous like it was our honeymoon it was a ridiculous amount of money that we spent if, if we had to spend that much i would have been like fuck you like i'm i'm going to the motel 8 of st lucia like on the beach and i'm going to live on the live in a hut you know for a week you know but yeah it was it was crazy i mean it wasn't like i think you know thank goodness for the vaccine cuz my symptoms were basically i had a cold like that was the worst of it you know i sneezed you know i was tired like that was it like i wasn't like dying or anything like that and you know i know i know people who have had it that didn't get the shot and they were like a friend of mine who was i think i may have, may have mentioned this before but a friend of mine you know, he wouldn't get the shot and he's a healthy dude, much healthier than you and I are. And they got they he got covid and he was in the hospital for three weeks in November. Yeah. You know, and he was our age. Like so. And he was an anti-vaxxer. And luckily he or finally he decided to get vaccinated. But yeah, it was it was it was kind of crazy. So it was uh, a weird end to our honeymoon. And we're we're, we're at <laughs> we're going to Jamaica in May. I could kind of like make a a mulligan on the last part of it so we're going like for three four days right. and you know because again the last day was just kind of like all right we we had to get sequestered at our villa which again it was a villa it was beautiful but like we couldn't you know we had other things we were gonna do and you know all that sort of shit two two quick points before uh 
we jump into some sports talk here regarding this. One, again, it's it's not really funny, and I don't think it's never necessarily going to be funny, but as time goes on, you'll be able to look back and laugh. Every Now, completely different circumstances, and I got married, Jesus Christ, man, literally over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. My crazy honeymoon story is I uh, we got married, and we were supposed to go to the Poconos. And long story short, because I, quite frankly, 20 years, you forget a lot of details, but we never made it there. Our car got, our car died in Weedsport, New York. There's a little town that I had never heard of in my life. It's called Weedsport, New York. It's, I don't even, it's kind of like near Syracuse. That's all I know. That's as far as we made it. And again, I can't remember the reasons why. There were other circumstances, but long story short, we never ended up going to the Poconos for our honeymoon. So our honeymoon, 20 years looking back now, was spent at a cheap motel in Weedsport, New York, where like literally everything in the town closed at nine o'clock. And I still remember that. And then another point to your story, which is something that just happened recently, it, obviously not with me, but my daughter and her boyfriend went to Putacana just literally a month ago. And the, she, I was supposed to pick them up from the airport. I remember it was a Monday night and my daughter had called me Sunday, you know, tell me what time they're, they're flying in, all that stuff. So I was supposed to go to the airport on Monday night and Monday morning that day that they were leaving her boyfriend completely asymptomatic. Now you had some symptoms. Like you said, you had cold symptoms. He mm-hmm. had no clue. He was completely symptom-free, asymptomatic. He tested positive for COVID. And he got stuck into uh, in a Putacana. And she, I don't know, well, maybe the situation is different because it's another place, but she stayed with him. She had to test every day and she tested negative every day. But by Wednesday, she had to get back for work. He didn't, he ended up, I think he was here four to five days. And then I think he tested positive and they, they let him fly back home. She was there for the first two and a half days. She never caught COVID during that time. But then like a week later, she ended up getting COVID and she had some minor symptoms. But it's yeah. just weird because I went from knowing nobody to knowing two different couples now <laughs> in a matter yeah. of a month that went somewhere for a vacation out of this country. And on the way back, got the COVID, man, and, and got stuck. Now, I suppose, like you said, there could be worse places to have COVID and be stuck, but still, you know, it sucks. But I, I do think, God willing, you guys are healthy years from now, you'll look back and you'll always have a honeymoon memory now. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean, I do, but I'm definitely going to get guilt tripping into sure. get guilt tripping because that's how it was. Yeah, like, yeah, my yeah. My wife was sick in New York City in the snow and like she got the cat and I got like, a, uh, I got as much fish <laughs> as I wanted. Like I was like sitting in the back, I was sitting like in the pool because we had like a little, personal pool so i'm sitting in the pool like what like doing work and like drinking drinking like a frozen margarita i'm like yeah this is um this is fine like, <laughs> I couldn't, it got a little bit old because I, I, I it got a little bit old at the end because i was like i really need to like get out of this little this room yeah 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 adventure off and yeah. but yeah it was just it was it was crazy man i mean we've talked about covid on this podcast before but it's uh i don't know man so, you know I, I definitely lost a little bit of my like faith in terms of like they're just gonna this is like you have to live with this forever man like there's gonna be variants galore and it's just like well it's not going anywhere anytime soon i mean that's, yeah, that, that, that's oh, pretty obvious yeah yeah well anyway here's the All better right. here's the better days and better future vacations for you guys uh i want to start with the super bowl and we're not gonna spend a lot of time in the super bowl but i, I do want to say this i, I want to start i want to give credit first and foremost to 
to the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't want to sound like uh, I'm disrespecting them because, dude, say what you will. But at the end of the day, they earned the right to go to the Super Bowl. And we can be sour over the Bills losing to the Chiefs. And yes, I did and still think the Bills would have defeated the, the Cincinnati Bengals in Orchard Park pretty handily. That's my personal opinion. I mean, obviously, we'll never know. But that said, they belong there. Joe, they went on the road, okay? They defeated the Tennessee Titans, the number one seed, on the road. They defeated the Kansas City Chiefs on the road, something the Bills, for whatever reason, didn't do. So the Cincinnati Bengals had every right to be there. I don't want to disrespect them. It's not their fault they didn't get to play the Bills. It's the Buffalo Bills' fault that they didn't get to play the Bills in the AFC Championship. You know what I'm talking about. But uh, I will say this with the Super Bowl, and I want to get your take on it. Even taking the Bills out of the equation, because obviously, as a Bills fan, it's a big letdown knowing that the Bills should have been in the Super Bowl. So you're kind of going into that game biased. I know I was, and I'm sure most people were. Maybe you were as well. Um, yeah, sure, the game was close. You know, it was a dramatic ending. It came down to the last drive, that last Rams drive, and then the Bengals got the ball, got to midfield real quick. So there was a lot of drama, only a three-point game. It was close. The ending was dramatic. But as a whole, honestly, I thought the game was... Kind of boring, you know, taking the Bills out of it. Again, Kansas City against maybe Tampa or Green Bay. It just would have been a more exciting game for me. I don't know. What were your thoughts on the game as a whole? Because it, it just, it did. I'll use a resident analogy. Then I'll hand it over to you. Like Kansas City against Tampa, or if it would have been Buffalo, either of those teams against either Tampa or Green Bay, that would have been like Kern Angle and Shawn Michaels tearing the house down at WrestleMania. This felt like, and most people who don't, especially if you don't watch WrestleMania, huh? This felt like Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre to me. You know what I mean? It was like good wrestlers, but nothing to be excited about. Anyway, that's my stupid wrestling analogy. What, what's your take on this? I thought the game was fine. I mean, uh, truth be told, was the first half I was making wings. Like the first half flew by. I could be completely wrong. It just felt like the first half flew. So I was in the kitchen making wings for most of it, and it was like the game was on the background. I was like looking up, and like, oh, okay, like it's we're they're they're going, they're scoring here and there, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> like it was halftime and the wings were ready, and I was like, that was a quick first half. Um, I thought the I thought the end was kind of dramatic. I mean, it, it was, was it wasn't like amazing. I don't know if I'm if I'm gonna sit here and go, man, if these other teams were in the games, it would have been like heaven, like. I don't know. Like we we don't know. I remember remember two a couple of years ago the Patriots and Rams had a Super Bowl and like going into that game you would have thought like hey we got these high power octane offenses at that point and the Super Bowl was what 13 to 3 it was a boring ass game. So like I don't know if other teams would have been in there and if it would have been like that Shawn Michaels Kurt Angle tear the house down thing. I was fine with it. Um I think there's a lot of things kind of a what if game for that for the Super Bowl with Odell Beckham getting hurt. I think maybe if he stays in it, maybe it's a little bit more of a high-scoring game and whatnot, and, like, it's not as, like, maybe the, the Rams don't run the ball as much as they did, which they kind of did a lot for whatever. You know, not because, well, but they tried. Not yeah. well, but they tried to run the ball, and I think part of it was... Like, Weird. Maybe yeah. They, they, yeah, maybe they didn't have Odell, and they were like, well, we have, like, Cooper Cup, and that's it, you know? So I thought it was fine. It wasn't... I would, but, it, you know, for me, Pat, I'll... I was not really heavily invested into the Super Bowl. Like, maybe it was a little bit of a hangover from the Bills game where I told you after the Bills game, I did not, I was not going to watch any of this shit. And I, 
and and like on my honeymoon, I saw like the overtime against the Chiefs at like a tiki bar, and like I was like, whatever, fuck off. And then like I saw like the next day, I was like, oh, like this is the Super Bowl, congrats. And then I didn't want to watch the Super Bowl, and my wife was like, hey, we should watch it, and I'm like, all right, fine. And like <laughs> it was on, and like I was like literally, I did not give a shit. And maybe I think it was a combination of like the like what happened before, where there was a little bit of that angst. But also, I you know, I didn't have this sort of like, you know, I don't know. It was I wasn't I didn't hate or love either team. Like I kind of like if, if you want me to find reasons to like either team, like the Rams, like I like how they they basically built their team. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah I, like I how they do. built their team. Sure. And like the Bengals, I can say, well, you know, I like their their young talent or whatever. Underdogs. I don't know. They, they were an underdog story. They were too. underdogs. Yeah. I just I just didn't. I think I was a little. I was still a little bit hungover from the from the Bills. Absolutely, game. man. I and would, that's you that, know, you, and were, you were a little dead inside. I think. Yeah. I think. I think the average Bills fan felt the same. I will say this: when it comes to the game itself, I mean, I have lots of takeaways, but to me, the biggest takeaway that I have from this game is Aaron Donald. To me, it, it, look, he's the best defensive tackle in the NFL. He's probably the best defensive tackle in the history of the NFL. And I feel like at this point, after what he did on the biggest stage in a Super Bowl, that's where legends are made, right? He is, I know Cooper Cup won the MVP, but I think Aaron Donald should have won MVP. He's in the conversation for me anyway now as the best defensive player ever in the history of the league, period. I don't care if his tackles ends. I think you got, you got Lawrence Taylor. You got, uh, you got Reggie White. I think you have Bruce Smith, which only older Bills fans who've been watching for a while can really appreciate how much he could affect the game. You know, we talk about the Super Bowl Bills all the time, and Bruce Smith's mentioned, but we always think of Jim Kelly and Thurman and Andre, that offense. Bruce Smith could literally take over games, and he did that. Anyway, Bruce Smith, uh, Mean Joe Green, and uh, Deion Sanders, who could just take your best receiver and literally shut him down. Um, those are game wreckers, and Aaron Donald to me is—he's a game wrecker. I—I I feel like at this point he should be in the conversation as being among the greatest ever. Those last two plays of the Super Bowl there with the Bengals—I mean, it was third and one. He stopped somebody dead in their tracks, and then he just—I think it was Spain. It was Spain. He just—he blew him up, man. It was like, what are you doing? Having one guard blocking him. But anyway, regardless, I mean, this guy is just a—he's a fucking machine, man. I mean, he is to me. One of the greatest of all time. And I looked at his stats before we jumped on the air here, Joe. Here's his stack totals. For, and, and this is a defensive tackle. 12 and a half, 13 and a half, 12 and a half, 20 and a half, 11, 8, 11, 9. That's what he's done during his eight years. That is just absolutely ridiculous, man. You agree? I, I mean, I'm, He has a lot of Reggie White in him. Like, you know, being a, like Reggie White was a defensive tackle. Like he can play inside. Like I, I look at him and I feel like I see that in him. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's in there. That he, I think he's. It's hard to say like in the, it, to be in the conversation, but man, because like look, the era for defenses are is totally different now than it ever was then. Like it's much easier to throw and to to do stuff offensively than it was when you know Bruce Smith and Reggie White were around. So maybe like maybe you could say that that's better for him because he's dominating in a pass happy league where Bruce Smith and Reggie White were dominating in a league where like you know oh you had twenty three touchdowns that's a freaking that's an MVP caliber year for throwing the football so he's in that conversation though he is I mean he's what a three time 
uh, defensive player of the year. Yeah. Like yeah. that's balls to the wall, you know, you know, and maybe like playing and like, you know, it's weird with LA, like the LA market. I don't even know it's LA. I, th- I feel like the Rams don't exactly get that much attention because who gives a shit? Like, I don't know. You mentioned this on Twitter before, like who knows who do we even know LA Rams fans? I know like, zero. I, I don't know. I, a Rams I don't, fan. I literally I don't. Yeah, it. I mean, LA sports scene sucks in general, but it definitely, <laughs> it definitely feels like, oh, hey, I'm there just to be shown, so I can maybe take a selfie with Martha Stewart or something. You reminded like that. me that the five years I spent in Florida, I would watch Bills games or football games every Sunday with a large group of friends that we made, and I loved it because it was very diverse. We had lots of fans from different teams at the bar yeah. every Friday or every Sunday. Never once did I see a Rams jersey in the five years. That I was in Florida. But see, here's the thing about Aaron Donald. And and this is where I get annoyed. And I mean, I'm just going to say it. People defend Buffalo Bills. And I don't want to get just yet anyway into a conversation too much about the Bills. But I will say this. There's a guy like Jerry Hughes, okay? We have to, I get stats shoved down my face about him with uh, win percentage. You know, things like that. Pressures, whatever. I get that. And don't get me wrong. It matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. It does matter. Or you got a guy like Tremaine Edmonds where it's like, well, you can't look at the stats because he does some things that, you know, don't show up in the in the stat box. I understand and agree with that to an extent. But you look at someone like Aaron Donald. He does everything, and guess what he does? He finishes. He finishes. He has double-digit sacks every freaking year, man. The guy, where's his stats as I, as I look him up? 23 forced fumbles in his career. Six fumble recoveries. 226 quarterback hits. This guy is a game wrecker. He impacts games. And the Bills, again, you could say what you want about Jerry Hughes and how effective he was last year. I think he had two sacks in a regular season, dude. Two sacks. You know, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, I get it. He is good at coverage. He is athletic. He could cover a lot of ground. He could do things that maybe the average fan doesn't see. But you know what? He does rush the pasture sometimes. We could see that. Get to the fucking quarterback once in a while. Get a sack. Make an interception. Force a fumble. Get, have a strip sack, uh, recover a fumble, do something. These guys don't make game-impacting plays, and, and that's what annoys me. And you see a guy like Aaron Donald, and it's not fair to compare any player to Aaron Donald because, again, he might be among the greatest who's ever played the game, ever. So I'm, I, I want to be careful that I'm not trying to compare, you know, Jerry Hughes or, or Jermaine Evans to Aaron Donald. I'm just saying they, the Bills need more impact players. Aaron Donald's that guy who just – he, he finishes plays. He, he changes games around, and the Bills don't have that on defense. I just don't think they do. 100%. They don't have that on defense. Uh, let me give you the like something I was looking up before this, because I knew we were going to talk about pass rushers. And, mm-hmm. and like, I get that whole thing. Like, you go on Twitter. We talked about this before, and I'll add even some more context, like how film people and, like, analytics people hate sacks. They've always shitted on sacks, and they talk about, like, quarterback hurries or whatever you just said, the win-loss, whatever that crap is. Quarterback and win like, rate or something like that. Whatever, like, rate. congratulations. Yeah, I so, I was looking this up before, but do you know who which quarterback in the league was pressured and hurried the most this season? I, I, I don't know. If I had to take a guess, I would say Joey Burrow. But... No, it was Ooh. Josh Allen. Really? Josh Allen was pressured, hurried the most of any quarterback in the league. Now, you want to know how many sat, how, how many, where he ranked sat? For quarterbacks, 27th in the league. 27th fewest in the league he was sacked. What should You know what that just tells me? You can come in with all these hurries and go, oh, man, this guy, we, we get so many hurries. But what what's happening on those hurries? 
are you completing a 50-yard pass to Stephon Diggs on those hurries? Are you like are you Patrick Mahomes who I thought they did get pressure on him in the champion in the game against the, the Bills, but he got way he made plays. Like though that's where you can you can fall into that trap. What's happening on those hurries? Because right now I see I see a lot of quarterbacks when they're hurried, they're making plays. And that's the difference between like a, a with a win-loss ratio or hurries and all that sort of stuff. What is happening to the quarterback? Is the quarterback throwing interceptions or is he making plays? Josh Allen was hurried the most out of any quarterback this year, and yet we would say he had a really great year. But 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 like if you if you're if you're looking at that, you might be thinking, well, if he's getting hurried, that means he's making bad throws. No, he's not. He's because he's good on the, on the move. He's good when he's he's uh, getting pressured. Like that happens a lot of times. So it's all about getting sacks because sacks do matter, man. I've I've said this before. Like if you get a sack and it's third and fourteen, there's a there's a higher probability that that team's gonna punt than it's than it's third and eight. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't understand. But yes, your initial point is that the Bills definitely. I am look if the Bills want to go all out, edge rushers, whatever, like. Give me a stud. Don't give me these role guys. I don't need to see Addison here. I don't need to see Harrison Phillips here. I love Jerry Hughes. If he wants to come back here for a reduced rate, great, but he shouldn't be starting, to be honest with you. Take that money, and I'm just doing fantasy bullshit. Like, take that money and get a stud somewhere. I don't know what you have to do. There's got to be a team that's against the cap that has like a defensive stud that they're like, hey, you know, we can't, we can't afford this guy maybe, or who knows, are rebuilding. Get me – a defensive stud, a, a, a guy. The Bills, I, I am willing to bet that since Sean McDermott has been the head coach, the Bills probably have the fewest sacks in the league because they don't the, – when was the last time they had a guy who had more than 10 sacks? I think you have to go back to, like, what, 2014, Mario Williams, Darius and them? That's seven years. And say, all we, I would think they're – I think without knowing for sure and having it in front of me, I, they're middle of the pack with sacks. But they I don't, get, think they don't have of, uh, collectively as a team. They get some. They get enough sacks. They don't have any individual guys though who stand out. I think Mario Addison led the team with seven sacks this year, and I think last year wow. he might have had nine to lead the team. So nobody stands out. They're they're not near the top of sacks. Don't get me wrong, but uh, they're not. They're <laughs> they're middle of the pack at best. Anyway, I want to take a real quick break, and on the other side, we're going to talk. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the halftime Super Bowl show. I do want to circle back to the Bills, talk about what we expect or hope to see this offseason without getting into specific like players and stuff like that. And, and then, like I said, I'm going to bully you into a, a couple minutes of Saber Sox. So be right back after this quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. I am back with Joe Yurden. Before we circle back to uh, the Bills, again, I really don't have anything more to add for the game. It was okay, good ending. And uh, Aaron Donald's just a stud. And so is Cooper Cup. But he anyway, should have won. He should have won MVP. I, I, I agree. Think. I agree. He should have. I don't know how he got. I feel like the, the writers were on their deadline and they looked at the stat, the box score, like, oh, Cooper Cup. But like, he seems he's having a Cooper Cup had an MVP worthy game, but Aaron Donald should have been MVP. Uh, yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts. Been. I want to get your thoughts on the halftime show. Um, I'll give you mine after, but I want to get yours first. And uh, oh, you're letting me go first for once. Thank yeah, God. yeah, man. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go, man. What? Um, what, what do you? I think? thought it was great. I loved it. I mean, I it, it was a it was a fun halftime show. I've, you know, it it definitely was one of those nostalgia kicks where, like, if you liked hip hop in the '90s, which I definitely did, and I definitely had all those people's albums. I definitely had at least in my you know one, two, three, four CDs. You know, to see them all in one stage was awesome. I thought I thought it was good. I liked the stage that they had with it being like that giant house. Um, it was solid. It was good. I can understand if you're someone who's younger and you're like you're I don't know maybe now you're 18, 19, and you're like, what the hell is this? But I would say like I get that. Like I've I've seen the Who perform, and I'm like I don't care about the Who. I never grew up on the Who, you know. <laughs> so like you know whatever. So I, I loved it. I thought it was great, and I I, I dug it. I would have liked if anything. If I wanted, I wish there would have been a way to put a song together for all of them, like to do a song, like yeah. all five of them to do, I don't know, whatever. Like they could have done like Heal the World, not Heal the World, but you know what I mean? Like, I know you what know, you're they, saying. A, they could have done a collaborative rap song. Yeah. I yeah, get it. Like, I get it. Like something, but it was fun. I liked it. I enjoyed I, it. I agree. I look, I, I think it was awesome. I think it was, it wasn't so much. Like these people individually, and I and look, but I feel the same way, man. I love. I, to me, the '90s is the golden era of rap music. Now it started in the in the late '70s, and I'm older. I became a big fan of rap music in the '80s. Groups like Run DMC and LL Cool J and Public Enemy, those are the pioneers. Rock Cam, Big Daddy Kane. I could go on on and on forever. But it was the '90s where rap music became. It just went to another level, and it became mainstream you know not just sure. you know a smaller genre it really exploded i should say in the 90s and these were a lot of people who were largely responsible for it and yeah i've seen better performances from them individually you know but I, i'll say I, what i liked most about it it was a i thought it was an excellent celebration of, of hip-hop music and how far it's come and sure. how it's reached the masses and just how popular it is right now. So for that reason, I absolutely love that. I love the nostalgia factor. Um, I do think, sure, there are some young people who are watching and they're probably like, uh, you know, who the hell are some of these people? But I also think there's some younger people who are watching who might like Drake and a lot of the rappers out here now. And they're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And they've become fans, maybe some of them now of Dr. Dre or Eminem who maybe really didn't know anything about them before seeing that halftime performance i know for a fact my son who's 19 years old he was into it and i know he didn't know shit about you know like dr dre i know he, your, he's an m&m your fan. boy aaron quinn hated it wasn't a, a super fan of it though yeah, well, shit and, aaron, and aaron likes hip-hop and uh, i know he does i know he does well maybe, maybe he wasn't yeah, I, know, I have a few friends on facebook he's watching the film i don't know i have a <laughs> i have a few friends on facebook who are uh 
big hip hop fans and they didn't think all that much of it. I thought the performance could have been, it wasn't the greatest thing I've seen, but again, it was more to me about celebrating hip hop and how far it's come. And that being the golden era of, of music at that time. And I will say this though, because there were some people who liked it and they were instantly comparing that to the best. Some people were saying it's the greatest halftime show of all time. Pump the brakes. Right? It was good, but pump the brakes, man. Michael Jackson, 1993, Prince, 1996. And for me personally, at least Bruno Mars back, I was just like six years in 2016. Those were the greatest shows that I personally have ever seen. So yeah, let's pump the brakes on this being the greatest of all time. It meant a lot. It was it was a very significant halftime show, and I enjoyed it. I think it's it the best now. Nah. It depends who you like. What you're like, if you're a big hip hop fan, like, and I'm talking like number one, like, sure. yeah, I can see why maybe you think that. You know what I mean? Like, I like I like different. I have a very eclectic view on music, but like, I always liked I always liked Lady Gaga's halftime show. She was good. She, she was awesome, and I dig her a lot. And I thought that was like there's a lot of pomps and circumstances, whatever you want to call it. The, and I think maybe sometimes people look for that, like when you have like the special effects and crazy shit like that. Sure. That adds to it, which this one didn't really have that. Like they had a cool set, and like you know they were the, the whole camera with them people walking. Like that was cool. Like you know, but it wasn't like you know like Lady Gaga jumping off, like doing the roof thing kind of thing, even though, you know, she wasn't on the roof, obviously. Yeah, the, like, the performance like aspect that. of Gaga blew that shit away. I mean, just, uh... Yeah, but, but it, uh, it was, I'm glad, it, look, I'm glad they got some, a little bit more youth there. Again, like, when they, they bring the Who, the Beatles, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yo, and, 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 and then, and again, I understand if, like, you're, if you're maybe a, a 17, 18-year-old, but, like, I never cared about halftime shows when I was 18, 19. I was like, Right. I was like, I was like, you know, where's the food? Where's the beer hat for halftime? I gotta get to the bathroom. But uh, it was funny seeing how many people online were were uh, poking fun. I'm putting that nicely at Fifty Cent. A lot of memes out there because he's he put on big. some pounds. He did get big, but you know what? I'm sitting there laughing. I'm he's like, three fifty cents. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm fatter than I was when he was back uh, back in the day when he was the man. So and so are yeah. most of the people that are laughing at Fifty Cent, not so much laughing, but at least getting a chuckle out of how big he got. Guess what? Most of us are bigger as well too. So we don't look like we did in the nineties either. He could he could still fuck us up. He would definitely beat the shit out of us <laughs> now and probably then. And like if I was in my prime at like twenty five, he'd kick it the shit out of me when he's forty six. But uh, <laughs> it was hey, fun though. Know. We agree it was a fun. It was a fun. Yeah, show. I dug it. I, it was fun. And you know, I'm glad they 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 did that. And I hope they keep you know doing. I I, I love having. And I, I should ask you this because you're a much bigger music aficionado than i am do you prefer it being like an all-star team like that or do you prefer it to be a one-man show it's a good question i think it, it would depend on who the artist is somebody like gaga somebody like bruno mars somebody like prince back in the day they don't need a cast with them but don't you think like let's just say let's just say it was like it was lady gaga and madonna and britney spears did a show together versus if they did it individually I don't You'd know. have to go with the collection of the three. Sure. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. How could you not? How could you I'll not? just say this. I'll just say this. Janet Jackson should, should be back. She should perform at the, at the show at some <laughs> point. She got fucked, and I don't know how they had Justin Timberlake, that no-talent hack, do a show after she, like, when she got banned and whatever the hell that whole thing happened. Like, she should be back there next year in, in some, some capacity. Sing the anthem or something. She got robbed <laughs> 20 years ago or 15. Give Janet some redemption. 
Yeah, it, it was fun. And look, everything doesn't need to be an, an all-time comparison, just like I did with Aaron Donald 15 minutes ago and just like I'm doing now comparing this shit to yeah, Prince Bruno. Just take it for, over here. Yeah, I am yeah, being a hypocrite. Ahead. Take it for what yeah. it is. It was, it was enjoyable, and, that, and that's all it needed to be. Um, all right, I do want to talk about the Rams specifically kind of tie in to the bills here for a few minutes. The Rams like went like all in Hell yeah. over the last year. And uh, well, in this case, if now look, they're not the first team to go all in lots of teams go all in and it doesn't work out. Not to this extent though. I don't, at least, I don't know. My mind's drawing a blank, but here's the bottom line. So they trade and we already know a lot of the players. They traded for Stafford. They traded for Von Miller uh, they they signed Odell Beckham Jr. They they, they traded for Sony Michelle. They made a lot of moves. Um, Jalen Ramsey. They traded for Jalen Ramsey as well. Those are big names right there, star players. And now, as a result, they do not have a first round pick, a second round pick, or a third round pick next year, unless they make some kind of move before the draft or uh, during the draft. See in they the won't four, be. see in, see at the end of actually not even day two. I'll see you day three. LA Rams um, the following year, they don't have a first round pick in 2024 either or fourth round pick because they gave up Sony Michelle for that. So no first rounder for the next two years, no second and third rounder this year, no fourth rounder next year, but they're the Super Bowl champions. They have a Super Bowl ring right now. If you're the Buffalo Bills, again, without getting into like necessarily specifics, but the Bills it's pretty obvious. The Bills have been built through this, and I'm using air quotes here, process by drafting talent, developing talent, re-signing their talent, and going out and plugging a couple holes through free agency. Not mm-hmm. splashy signings, with the exception of Stefan Diggs two years ago, who they gave up a first and a fourth. That was a big trade. With the exception, you could maybe say Mitch Morris, like deciding, like he he cost a lot. Sure, like, yeah, he, he cost some money. Yeah, they've made some moves. Yeah, and, and Cole Beasley yeah. a couple years ago, but for the most part, the ammo is nothing crazy in free agency, with the exception of Morris. And we're going to draft and, and develop, and we're going to resign. The Bills are built, especially with Josh Allen right now. As long as he's healthy and playing well, which the expectation is he will, the Bills are going to be good for a long time. But you could also say. Are the Bills doing every single thing they can to win a Super Bowl right now, like the Rams do? Is it in Brandon Bean to give up first, second, and third round picks or to swing these crazy trades to have the most loaded roster he can have right now? I think this is the year 2022, as along with this past year that was ruined, quite frankly, um, where Josh Allen's contract before it goes through the roof. This is this feels like, and they got a lot of money they could get off the books easily over the next handful of weeks. Do you think the Bills should continue on the path they've done the last couple of years? Or do you think the Bills should take a look at the Rams? Which again, you got to have the quarterback to be able to do that. And the Bills do have the quarterback at Josh Allen. Do you think the Bills should take a path that the Rams took where they say, Brandon Meach just says, fuck it, man. I'm all in. I'm going to do what it takes. I'm going to go get me a defensive end or a corner or bolt or a defensive tackle. And if it costs me a lot of my draft capital that I really value, I'm going to do that. What do you think the Bills should do this offseason? Go for it. Whatever it takes. As Captain America said in, in, in Marvel Endgame, whatever it takes. Yes, I'm totally down with them trading picks, going after it. I think what the Rams proved, and this isn't, shouldn't be just one year we look at the Rams. The Rams have been good 
since since 2017. And this is how they dealt with drafts. Like, don't forget, like they traded they traded for Sammy Watkins. They gave up a, what a second and third, and they let Sammy Watkins like walk. They gave up a draft a first round pick for Brandon Cooks, and they traded Brandon Cooks away. Mm-hmm. They're always constantly. They don't give a shit. This isn't like a one year thing with the draft. This has been going on since 2017. They haven't had a first round pick since, since Jared Goff, I think it was. You know, it has been a, a lifetime ago for that. And I love how they've done it. You know, because the draft is a giant crapshoot. I don't give a shit how much college football you watch. I don't care if you're Brandon Bean, Chris Trapasso, or or Cover Five or whatever. You don't you you may you 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 may be you may be smart, but the the traject the you're gonna probably bat like three hundred with your draft picks, if that. So why take why take a chance on drafting when there's a very good chance, even if you're good at your job, you're going to strike out when you can get established talent right away. And that was, to me, and I'll get to the bills of what they should do, which I already said they should do this. And that's where I've always, that's why I've liked the Rams, because the Rams have put have killed the draft bros, they've killed the cap bros who stick there and go, oh, we can't do the cap, we can't do this and that with the cap. No, you can. The cap is fake. I don't give a shit what you say. I don't care what Greg Thompson says or your boys, all of them. They're wrong. The cap is fake. Okay? It's fake. You can manipulate it. Yeah, maybe you'll get caught in, like, year 15 of our lord of Drew Brees that you'll get in trouble. And then, like, that's it. But screw it. Go for it. Okay? I would totally take a first-round pick and go, hey, you know what? Again, take that, find a def- like, do a fantasy deal or whatever. Again, we, we're not going into specifics. We don't know who's available. But, yeah, go for it. There was no reason for why the Bills shouldn't have, dra- shouldn't have traded for Von Miller. If you if you go back and go, hey, give up two seconds for Von Miller, sure. You know, they went out and they signed Odell Beckham for free. I mean, I would have took him, you know, when the Bills, like when Cole Beasley was struggling and he didn't want to take a shot or whatever and all that sort of stuff. Like, go for it. Like, you don't have – you don't, your window might be open. Like, we have no idea how long your window is open for the Bills. Like, yeah, they got Josh Allen. He's great. Okay, but go for it, man. Like, what do you got to worry about? You have extended your you, – you don't have to worry about your job. Brandon B and Sean McDermott are going to be there forever. Yeah, they're safe. Forever. I agree they're with safe. that. They're, they're safe. They're safe till 2027 at least. Like until Josh Allen dies probably. You know, like go go for it. Like go for it. Like and like we know what they were they are missing. You know, in terms of what they have to go like go for it. Trade draft picks. Who gives a shit? They have Again, rec- they have recent precedent of it working. I mean, they did yeah. tra- they traded for Stephon Diggs and look how good that worked out for him. I agree with you about the draft too being a craft shooting. People don't want to admit that, especially people who well, spend, they, they, especially... they need content. Like, look, this is where I fall asleep. Like, you, I don't want you. On, I don't want to be on your podcast anymore to talk about the bills after today until like free agency. <laughs> Bring me on there, and then I'll see you in September because I don't care about watching the film and watching the top thirty quarterbacks well, and talking about. The I do, but I do, but, but no, no, no. I, they do, but they don't know what they're. They, I don't want to. You have like a point. Punch. Even the smartest people forget about film critics or forget about analysts, whether you're professional or it's a hobby that you do. The the, the general manager in the managers in the NFL man don't always hit. And I agree with your point when it comes to that. Yes, you could go get a Spencer Brown in the third round and he's going to be a fixture on that line for years to come. But for every Spencer Brown, you use a second round pick on a on a Cody Ford. Do you know what I'm saying? Or yeah. a third round pick on a Zach Moss who looks like at his ceiling at this point looks like he's going to be a backup running back for the team if he sticks around. So I, I do agree with that. And I I am in the mindset as well 
Go ahead. I was going to say, like, think about the Stefan Diggs trade. They traded Stefan Diggs, okay, and we love that trade. And who and who did the Vikings get? They got the, the I forgot the guy. Justin name. Jefferson. And he's he's the man. He's great. Does, do any Bills fans give a shit? No. no, because Stephon Diggs is great. You know what I mean? Like they don't care. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, go out and get a guy who's a stud. Like, like just do it. And like, yeah, maybe it doesn't work. But you know what? Like, I go back to the Rams. Like, they traded a second and third, I think it was, for Sammy Watkins. Okay, or whatever, maybe it was a second and I forgot. But whatever, it was. They traded for they. They got him, and he lasted there for a year. And they said, "You know what? Fuck you. We don't want to resign you." And like, if that had happened here, there would have been like a meltdown. Like, oh, what a horrible trade! Like, they traded a second rounder for him. Like, and they got nothing. And you know what? It didn't matter because they went to the Super Bowl the next year anyway. And that's where I'm just like, don't don't fall too much into the draft. The draft thing is just a giant. It's important, but it's 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 more important to like fans, and I think it depends. Some of these guys who who make their living off the draft. It depends think- where you're at too. If you're the New York Jets, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you want to get as many draft picks as humanly possible. You want to stockpile picks, and you want to build a talented team. And the Bills have done that, and the Bills are there now. And what soured me about the Bengals is. You look at them and they were 4-11-1 last year. And then in the Super Bowl a year later, the whole process thing is you get yourself to a point. Now you just got it. You got to add talent. And the time is now. And if the cap is an excuse and you want to find a way real quick here, you want to find a way to get rid of some, uh, or you want to free up some money. It's so easy. I, I did the math before we jumped on here. Um, let me look at this. John Feliciano. three Cut him. John, I'm saying to cut all these guys. John yeah. Feliciano, you could save $3.3 million against the cap. Starlo Tutele, pictured here, $4.1 million if you do a post-June 1st cut, which you can. Daryl Williams, $6.3 million. He's got a $9 million cap figure to play guard. That can't happen. You could save $6.1 million by cutting Cole Beasley, $5.1 with A.J. Klein, and Cody Ford could save you a million and a half. Right there, just with those guys I mentioned alone, that's over 20, that's $26.5 million in cap savings just by getting rid of those guys who are diminished players at best, with the exception of maybe Cole Beasley, who was hurt a lot during the the back half of the season. But he could still do some things, but I also think at this point he might be replaceable. Plus, straight up, I don't think he wants to return to the Bills if we're just being uh, open and honest. I think he, I don't want to get into that right now. But anyway, my point is this, is they could save a lot of money right now by getting rid of some guys and go out. And again, we'll, well, you're not interested in even talking about this anyway, any drafts because we don't care about the draft, but you could go out and trade and find yourself a defensive end, a game-changing defensive end. Pluck one off a shitty team. Pluck one off a team that does care about the cap and they're in some kind of cap trouble or a guy who just isn't happy with that organization or they've soured on him. Kind of like Stefan Diggs a couple of years ago. Use this money and go into win now mode. That's basically what we're both getting at here. The time is right now to win. I don't know. Well, I don't think they can have a better opportunity than they just had just now. They would have had a home game against the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. But next year, not saying it's the only year they can win because they can be competitive and in the mix for years to come, but they got to operate right now. I, I think Brandon Bean needs to change his mindset and say it's about now and not the future. Yeah, and you could always rework deals it's not like you can't do that that's what teams do all the time they rework deals 
Sure. And like, so like this is like, you don't have to cut, I mean, yeah, you got to cut some of those guys, but you can rework deals. And also look at it this way. Who's up. That's going to be getting a big contract within the next two, two years. Ed Oliver, maybe Tremaine Edmonds. And that's a debatable one, but like Ed Oliver, I would say probably deserves a nice raise. Who else? Gabe Davis is another two years away. At least I guess oh, Dawson Knox. Like I'm not, I like Dawson Knox, but I, like, He's. I don't think he's like gonna. He's not gonna become Gronk. I don't think where he's gonna catch 80, 90 passes. Like he'll be a nice. Like you give him a couple. I don't know. Like it, there's if not you, like this holy shit. Like they gotta save up their money for this guy. If you wanna, if you wanna be aggressive, this is a, an, another reason why this is a good year to do it. Is the free agents that they have right now? Harrison Phillips, Levi Wallace, uh, Isaiah McKenzie. Don't get me wrong. It'd be nice to have some of those guys back, but. They're not like game changers. Whereas next year, the 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 free agents that they have scheduled to be free agents are much bigger impact players. Jordan Poyer, Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary. I know there's one or two other good players that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. So they're gonna have a lot to worry about next year with re-signing. I think some of those guys look, I'm not I'm not going on this. You gotta re-sign Devin Singletary shit. Come well, on, we'll we'll see. Dawson Knox, no. Jordan Poyer. There's more talent in the 2023 class thought, than there is right now. I thought Poyer, the guy, he signed no. his I thought he was long, long, no, long. This is, this will, wow. this is, as of right now, this will be his high signing extension, a, okay. a two-year one. But anyway, yeah. So we we agree. Let's be aggressive this offseason. Yeah, be aggressive. Like, go out in free agency. Like, I, I don't know, like, get some guys. Like, we need some, we need some, like, you kind of have, you, you didn't do much last year. You kind of chilled and you did the whole bring it back crap and, like, it, it, didn't, it didn't work, and we can sit there and you can complain about it, or it should have been the Bills or whatever. But like, it didn't work. They got to they, like, they got to get better on the defensive line. That's the big thing. If they want to bring Levi Wallace back and feel like he's good enough, I can live with that. But defensive uh, end, if whether you yeah. bring if you bring Hughes back or or not, he cannot be your number one or two or even three defensive end at this point. AJ Epinesa, not sold on him. He regressed a little bit this year. Greg Rizzo's got potential. We'll see what they got in Boogie Basham in year two. But again, do you want to re you're gonna have all this talent and you're gonna then you're gonna rely on these guys who are unproven to be game changing defensive ends. You I have want... to get a defensive end. That's number one to me. It's easily number one. I, I we talked about this before, but I'll 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 reiterate it. I I I I I get that, like an edge, sure, but I, I think in this day and age, man. Like you got to keep building those offenses, yeah. man. And I think that's where you're at. Like, look, if Aaron Donald is like the pro, like a, a, a lesser version of him, like, sure, great. But like, I think if you look at the draft, they decided to just let's just say they don't do what we do or whatever, which is stupid. They should listen to us. We're geniuses. Um, you get a draft pick at twenty five. You could probably get a wide receiver who's an impact right away, way more than a defensive lineman. I think a defensive lineman. Yeah, takes a little I agree. Time. Not even you know. Not even yeah. a first round. I don't even have to be sure. a first round pick. And in right. a good offense, a good system. I'm look. I'm not saying they shouldn't add to the receiving room, especially if Cole Beasley and McKenzie, or even just it's, one of them, aren't back. Tough. It's tough though, Pat, because like I I I don't know if I see them like it has to be a trade or a, a free agent signing. How can you draft another defensive lineman in the first round? I don't think they should, they're going to. I don't think. I hope to. they don't. But like that's, I'm just wondering what the, I, I, deep down, I really do think. I think they're going to be aggressive. I think. I think they're going to be aggressive in free agents. Well, I think it's going to be more than they were last year. 
we'll 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 find out we'll find out pretty soon. Uh, free agency yeah. starts in mid March, and we'll start to see what guys get cut and how they maneuver some some cap money around. And in the coming weeks, I'm sure we'll have some shows where we break down some potential free agents and trade targets. Uh, I won't Bills. be on those shows. No, you, you, call you, me, you, you call me after they sign some people. You won't, you won't there. be. I, I do want one more Bills thing quickly. Josh Allen is, this past week was fun. I mean, it still sucks that they weren't in the Super Bowl, but he, he played in that golf tournament. I thought that was pretty cool. And then NFL honors was really cool. I'll say this. I, I think Josh Allen's gotten to the point now where he's a legitimate league-wide star, which... I mean, it doesn't make the Bills better. Well, maybe it does make it the Bills a better team because that might recruit people. Somebody, yeah, somebody might want to come to Buffalo now because, you know, Josh Allen's become on that same level, not on the field. I'm talking about off the field. He's become as popular as a lot of these star quarterbacks around the league, like guys like Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes. He's right there on that level. People are starting to talk about him. He's becoming a big star around the league. And, and to me, that's, uh, again, it's not a really big deal. But it is a lot of fun to see Josh Allen kind of go from being a guy that a lot of people were down on to becoming a good player to becoming an elite player. And now he's become a big star around the league. And I'm, I don't know if you give a shit about stuff like that, but I no, think, I think it's pretty shit. cool. I know don't you don't. Care. I don't, I don't I, I, and look, I, I, look, I understand why you give a shit. I'm, I understand why Bill's Mafia gives a shit and all those people. I just don't. I mean, I'm 42. I don't care if he's, if, if he's a celebrity, good for him. If if it does get more players to come here, then okay, it's advantageous for us. And yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing some funny commercials. It'd be kind of funny too. But I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't blow my boat. But I understand why. I understand why people do. But I'm a forty second. A forty second. A forty two year old man. I just like. Uh, I didn't. And also, I did not watch much of the Super Bowl again. I was still. I just did not want to watch that shit. And like, I was hardly watching Super Bowl coverage this past week. You know. I so I know what he did. I saw like the the skit on the 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 Oscars of the NFL, what the fuck that shit's called, and like that was funny. So yeah, hey, you know, good good for him. I mean, but I don't care about that shit. Sorry, I'm sure I'm sure other people do, but I gotta I gotta get in a couple minutes before we get out of here. Of uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, I asked, I messaged you about some stick. I oh yeah, that's run. right. I, I, I did forget about, about this. Fucking, I don't know why All right, it's got papers. nothing to do with the structure of this show, but I got Joe on, and Joe, yeah, whether whether yeah, I, I whether I bring it up or not, he's going to. So you may as well. Joe yeah. is Joe is a I don't want to say a beef, but questions about the special teams coach leaving. And... There's a, there's a couple things, you know, the, the the Bills media, I I I I give them shit a lot, and I think a lot of it's justifiable sometimes. And I know you love them, and you, maybe you think I'm out of line here, but I I think it's kind of weird that a couple things first. The Brian Dable and like Sean McDermott, like beef, if you want to call it that. I have not seen one Bills reporter, anyone try to get a source opinion about that and like see if they had like legit, like like legit falling out. It has been like greeted with, oh yeah, they they had some some issues, but that's that's how NFL teams are. You know what I mean? And like that that seems like a, a very much like a platitude of like, okay, yeah, you could say that about everyone. Like, oh yeah, like. Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick didn't like each other and like the assistant realm or anything like that. And like, I'm like, does, does anyone not want to like dig and like find out, like call Dable? Like, I, I, I know I'm not them. I, I don't have their, their press pass, but like you, like, I feel like no one has cared about looking into this story, whether it's calling players or like contacting secondhand sources. 
things along those lines. Like, there's been nothing of that nature. And then two, the special teams coach. He gets fired or quits or leaves. And allegedly, and Jeremy White mentioned this on the morning show, that he had heard that, like, he got he resigned the next day. And there's people saying, like, in the video, like, this is not shocking at all. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's not shocking. Why didn't anyone bring this up, like, after that? Like, were they just waiting for the Bills to release it because they didn't want to piss off Derek Boyko or whoever? It just kind of like those things, like, I sometimes feel like the bill, like, like the bills are much bigger in that town than anything else, and people don't want to rock the boat with the fear of get of like getting alienated by the mafia, being alienated by the team, just things along those lines. And I, I'm sorry, like I'm not I'm not in their shoes. I don't go to the practices. Maybe if I did, I was I would be a pussy and be like, I'm not gonna ask this because then they're gonna like not let me do this or whatever. So I'm just some schmuck drinking scotch with you. But, like, that whole – the whole last, last couple of weeks, we still don't have answers about the last 13 seconds. Nothing. You're telling me, like, no one can call the third-string defensive lineman or tweet to someone? Like, come on. Like, DMs, Instagram, talk to this person. Like, we've not gotten anything. And I don't want to hear, like, oh, well, the only national people. They, they're the only ones that break shit. Give me a break, okay? Like, do your, work, like, do your job, okay? Or, like, do some stuff. You don't got to pick your golf outfit yet for your Bills golfing out in April. Like, I don't know. Again, I'm being a dick, so feel free to send your hate tweets to me or DM me and say you're out of line. But, well, like, this, this, this sort of stuff, I'm just, I'm just like, it flabbergasts me a little bit. Because it's like we still don't have answers about that last 13 seconds. We don't know if there was legit beef between McDermott and Dable. And the special teams coach, allegedly, this wasn't surprising to anyone, even though no one mentioned this until after he left. So it's like, what are you guys? Are you just holding out hope? Like we're just waiting for the bills to do shit, but we'll we'll tweet for like we'll tweet nonsense. Like, oh, thank you, Brandon B, for having a seven-year press conference about talking about the seven-string cornerback in day two of it. Let me let me let me Sorry. unpack. Let me unpack some of what you Go said. Go ahead, unpack it, there, buddy. And I'm not and I'm not defending because you do You're have defending some. Defending him. I, I no, I'm I'm going to be objective, unlike you. I do have some validity. So some of the things you're saying, there's no question about it. I agree with you. I would love to know more about any potential rip be between Dable and Sean McDermott. It did seem fishy to me too that the special teams coach, the way that played out. So there's validity to a lot of stuff you're saying or those last 13 seconds. But to your point, I will say this, and this much I do know, these reporters I just had um, last week on the show when I had Matt Perino and John Scott on, they talked about it on the show, which you clearly didn't listen to. But anyway, I know <laughs> you did not listen. I'm on it. No, I don't listen. Uh, I to you. know you only listen when you're on, and sometimes you don't yeah. even do that. But but in all seriousness, we had a really good conversation about sports media stuff, and one of the topics was their inability and frustration. It's better than it was last year, but they still can't get access to specific players. It's still mostly Zoom now. After games, directly after games, it could be a different story. But for the most part, they still struggle getting access. They do have to go through the team. A player cannot DM and, and just start talking, or at least they're not supposed to, without they, going through could, they without could. going through team channels. Yes, they could. Okay, but it, it's and I'm difficult. pretty sure it happens. The access for these guys is, is just and these women is harder to get than it was pre-COVID. Matt talked okay. about it just on the show. He actually bitched about it with Tyler Bass. 
He bitched that Sean McDermott did not. Uh, what? Are, why are they hiding him? Why was he not made available after the game? They're trying to make it to what training camp or whatever. But he wanted to talk to Tyler Bass, and Tyler Bass should have stood there and taken questions. What did you uh, not get to? Did they not communicate to you? Did you screw up with the kickoff? What were you supposed to do? Matt was expressing his frustration that he hasn't right. had an opportunity to talk right. to Tyler Bass. All right. So I, will, the only I, will, thing, I will walk back some of my comments. Some of get, it, I some of it, but I think you're also right to an extent. Some of it anyway, without question, is because of the the much more limited access. And even when they have these Zoom calls, Joe, the way it's structured is they get to ask a question and if they're lucky, a follow-up, they don't get to, it's just different. And they talked about, on the show, they were talking about the way that you were able to build relationships in the locker rooms and stuff like that. And for now, at least, that shit's gone. So that's part of it. In terms of rocking the boat stuff, I think you have some, I think there's some fairness to that. I, I think maybe some of these, uh, some of these reporters, maybe they don't want to get on the Bills' bad side. Not saying that they're going to take their credential away, but look, in, in these unprecedented times where it's hard enough to get access to certain players as it is, if you do piss off a Derek Boyko or somebody in that uh, front office, they can make it harder for you to get who you want when you want to get them. So maybe, and I'm I'm completely being hypothetical, I have no idea, but maybe when it came to like the special teams coach or maybe when it came to Dave, they're like, yo, let's just, let's just leave it alone. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying it's, I'm just saying that could be a reason. Here's, here's my thing about that. If you're not, why does it matter? Like who cares if you piss them off? What does it? What does that mean to you? Are you not going to be able to get your Zoom question in? Are they going to cut you off at the Zoom? They can make it harder for you. They can make it harder for you to but, get but the certain stories, players. Pat, Pat, the stories though that, that comes out of these players' right. models, I, it's I, hardly you, any any news breaking items. They're they're platitudes. I th- I think it's like their access. Not, I think their access is it's harder to get access. But but what is the reward for that? For being, let's just say you are a company shill and you think the everything the Bills do is the greatest thing of all time. Here's another thing, Joe. What, maybe, what are you getting out of this? And they are there are maybe the story, maybe the that. story about Dable and, and and Sean having this big riff. Maybe it's not true. Maybe the statement was wrong. Maybe he lied, or maybe he just was misinformed. I, I, I think my whole thing is like no one has checked in. There's not been any national think, people haven't either. So if it was a story, well, they maybe well, maybe they didn't care that much about it. Like it's, it is kind of a bleep on like Schefter's like radar. Like sure, it feels like it's going to be one of those things that will come up down the road, probably in, in order to hurt someone. Like if there's an agenda being thrown there, I don't know. It, like I said, it was just there was just some things. I and I get look, I get the Zoom thing. Although I will say this: before Zoom, were, were people breaking like a lot of stuff and like infighting or anything like that? I don't think they did. I mean, it, I don't know. It's it's. I I understand it's tougher, maybe. And I think more, it's around the it, league that's it's that way now, though, Joe. I I think thirty two teams around the NFL. It's national people who are breaking news nine out of ten times. If you hear a story about big news coming out of Baltimore, it it's going to be Schefter too. It's not going to be a Baltimore reporter well, nine Aaron, out of ten I, times. Sometimes there were. I mean, look, we've talked about this. The Cleveland writer Mary uh, Mary, I forgot her name. Mary Kay. She always break. Mary Kay, she breaks stuff. The guy in Houston, McCain, he's been there for 5,000 years. He breaks stuff. There's a guy. There's there's, there's a few. Sure. There's a few. I can't remember the last time anyone in Buffalo did any of that. And I'm like, and I, look, I don't know. I, I'm just, 
again, I'm just some schmuck who's drinking scotch on this podcast. <laughs> and I, I maybe I don't, I don't, I don't know what goes through all that. But I just, like I said, I just feel in some cases, like when people are blowing smoke up Brandon Bean's ass because he talked for an hour. Like I'm just like, dude, what do you, what do you? I, people are are tweeting like, thank you so much, like for, th- like, come on, dude, like. That just looks like you're just it's pandering fair. to them. Uh, you have listen. No, you don't. You can look, shake his hand afterwards, and go, "Hey, buddy, thanks for doing that." So you don't gotta go on Twitter and announce it to everyone because I'm gonna sit there and go, "Well, well, well you're you're a freaking kiss ass." Like the fuck is that? Let I me say, for, let we're me on say a podcast for an hour and five minutes. No one's coming to me to thank me for talking. I'll say this much for you, Joe. No, I'll say this much. No, I, I think. People who have voices, whether it's just a podcast like this, whether it's TV, radio, whatever, need to have alternative voices. Everything doesn't need to be unified. So I got no problem, whether it's, and sometimes I agree with you, and sometimes I don't. I got no problem with you questioning why we're not getting more details about stories, because they are stories. They do deserve more details. I'm just saying, I think, without knowing for sure, I mean, I have an idea, but I think the biggest reason why we're not getting more is because of a lack of access but i'm sure there's more to it and i'm sure you have some validity uh to your point are you telling me i mean look I, one day if i'm not i, I want to try like the, the the special team coach is gone like what does he have to hide like i i don't know if his phone number is available to these reporters i don't know if they see that like the farwell has been there for what two years i think I, like i don't know if they got his phone number somehow in the group meet and greet in a bill's a bill's outing i don't like if he leaves like i don't know you could find someone and again, I hear what you're saying, like, okay, like the Zoom thing, but maybe, maybe this is where you get, you get, you get with agents. Like he does have an agent, I believe. I can't, I don't think he negotiates his own contract with his wife and goes, oh, hey, like I'm going to do it. Like he has an agent, like get in touch with the agent, I guess. It's kind yeah. of what I'm just saying. I think people just are like, season's over, man. I'm going to, I'm going to Mexico. Peace. And like, <laughs> well, great. And, and I'll, I'll retweet, I'll retweet, uh, like whatever, like what Cole Beasley comes back on Twitter and talks about vaccines or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just... <laughs> let's not, let's not, let's not go down that route. We've already went down this road. And again, I do want to spend a few minutes at the end talking to Sabres. We, you know, what do you mean? Uh, see the... why go ahead. Can I go? Kiss well, my I'll tell you why, because about they have like... a guy who's making $9 million a year, who was a really good player. And then for two years, he did literally nothing. And, Quite obviously, Paul Kruger proved that he's the worst coach Ralph of all time. Ralph Kruger, you call him Paul Kruger. Right, Ralph. Ralph, Paul, Freddie, does it really matter? He fucking sucked. All right. Sunday in Montreal, Super Bowl Sunday or Super Bowl Sunday afternoon. Your boy had four goals, man, and an assist. Five point game. He's got 20 goals already in 45 games. He had 21 goals in his previous two seasons combined, spanning 112 games. Look, man, I, I know and I understand you've been. You've been, you, every Sabres fan has been burned by this organization a lot over the last decade, a lot. And we've heard about, you know, the prospect pool being so good. And then uh. it just, it doesn't work out. I get it. But first of all, before we even talk about it, Jeff Skinner's got 20 goals this year. How can you not be impressed with that? I haven't watched. That's how I'm not well, I, all right, I appreciate the honesty. All right, no, look, I appreciate okay, the look, honesty. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm happy he, he's doing well. I like Jeff Skinner, the coach, Paul Kruger, whatever. The, Ralph Kruger, he got me calling him Paul Kruger. Freddie. Who is Paul Kruger and Freddie Kruger? 
Um, yeah, the, the last coach was an idiot, and I'm sure he got hired because he had all these cliches and the, the owner's an idiot, and like he heard this and probably thought this is my version of Sean McDermott, and he was an idiot. In he was he sucked, but yes, very happy. Jeff Skinner, uh, uh, Skinner's doing his his thing. I mean, I should say I'm very happy. I don't give a shit. But uh, like, look, if you're a Sabres fan and you do care. Good for him. I'm very happy he's doing well. <laughs> this is like pulling teeth. When it comes to the Bills, once Joe gets going, it's like a fucking volcano. I, I, I can't stop him if I try. When it comes to the Sabres, I got to pull teeth to get a take out of him. It's not that I'm I, – I just gave you a take. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, every – I don't just don't care. care. I get it. I get it. I, look, they, they, they've drained the fandom out of me. Like, I just I, – I, I, I just it's – just, it's hard. Like, I like there's no one going to that arena – there's just nothing going on there. I agree. I tried to watch like a couple games on ESPN Plus, and I'm like, I don't care. Because it's like they threw in the towel. Like they just did. I, like going back to last – I always go back to that infamous Zoom from hell where they were all – it was the Pagulas, it was Kevin Adams, and it was that. I did it. I, know, I remember. We're, we're going to become cheap people now, and we're going to hire the GM down the hallway. And I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. This is major league. Right now, and like the, the, you know, and and they're the, like Lou Brown's there, and and I don't, we don't even have it. Jake Taylor's Craig Anderson, I guess, and he's dead, you know, and like all these players are getting hurt, and like I just don't let I me don't, let I me do this. Care. Let me do this. Go ahead, because you're such a pessimist with the Sabers. Let me. I don't even think it's pessimist. It's more. I I just don't care. Well, Apathy, you, I think. Is that you don't I mean, care no. because you're a pessimist because you don't believe that the the promise that no, so many young people are showing. What? Well, okay. First off, I, I've been in this. Look, I'm old enough to remember when the Sabres for the four or five different times had the allegedly the number one prospect pool ever. And I, when I used to care about the Sabres and I had the right content about it, I used to always say, do not buy into these publications saying that they're great because you, you have no fucking idea. And I was right because I remember, I'm old enough to remember when like Grigorenko was supposed to be a number one center. And so it was Gergensen's who everyone hates. And then before that, it was supposed to be Tyler Ennis. And before that, it was supposed to be Tim Kennedy. And before that, it was supposed to be Zagapoon. <laughs> you're making, me, you're making me regret bringing the same And all these idiots. And I would have to fight with people online who just assumed they were going to be great. And they were, I remember one time I almost pulled my hair out where I was arguing with people on Twitter who said the Sabres were going to be in cap jail during the tank because all these guys were going to be good. They're going to have to pay Zadora off. They're going to have to pay, pay all this. What's the Sabres optimistic outlook? There is no optimistic Yes, outlook. there is. If you would there let me, none. if you would let me none. talk and give a chance, you, you talk about you don't care. Then you're just going on and on and on about this team in the past and stuff. Okay, I'm go telling ahead. you right now, go I'm going to give you, I'm, well, I'm going to try to give someone like you who doesn't care. Tell me on the Sabres. Why should I care? Because, I like because there's the difference between now to me and the last five or six years with some of the prospects is that the prospects are actually producing on an NHL level right now? Some of the young Who's guys. Producing? Who's Dylan producing? Dylan Cousins is playing really good hockey. Casey okay. Middlestat, he's been hurt three times this year, but he when he's on the ice, he's, he's been really now. good. Alex okay. Tuck has got 15 points in 15 games since he's coming over. He's the Buffalo guy, Vegas. right? Who they're yeah, going to make the captain yeah, probably yep, at yep. some point. Peyton okay. Krebs looks good. He's up here already. Matias Samuelson looks pretty good. Rasmus Dahlin, I mean, they had to have somebody on the team be an All Star. That's the NHL role. But he's play. He's getting better. He's starting to look like, like we hoped he would. There's okay, a lot right. of young talent that is up here. UPL and goal looked pretty good, and they got a really good prospect. And again, I don't even want to talk about prospects who aren't here right now. I'm talking about guys who are here. Tate. How do I not mention Tate Thompson? He's a legitimate number one center right now. 
The guy's been really good. He was, uh, you know, he was, he, and he always nope. will be judged for the Ryan O'Reilly trade, but this guy looks really good. You look at this team right now and they don't show it in the standings. But if you do choose to be optimistic, there's a lot to be optimistic about because I think this team has a, for the first time in a long time, I think they legit have a bright future. Okay. Then tell me why you just said like the standings for right now. Don't matter. Why are they, why are they, why are they bad though? Because they're goaltending. Because they, because their goaltending is atrocious. The goaltending is atrocious. And it's been a a bad year with the injury. Again, they've had a lot of injuries and COVID has hit them hard this year. They've had a lot of guys out with COVID. So we haven't seen a lot. I've talked with this almost weekly at this point with Joe Yurden. It's like win or lose, who gives a shit right now? I just want to see this freaking team play together, like all four lines that we expect to see going forward. And by the way, Owen Power, the number one pick of the draft, who's playing in the Olympics right now, usually you don't want to talk about prospects, but he was the number overall pick in the draft. This dude is going to be really good. He's going to be a good defenseman. This is a good hockey team going forward. Maybe not for a year or two, but they're at least right now, compared especially to the last two or three years or so, this is a team I think that there's a lot to be excited about, which is funny because if I went back and digged some podcast, whether it was you and I talking or Joe Yerden and I talking, I literally hated this team a year ago. I fucking hated them. I said on this podcast, I said, I hate this hockey team. I don't hate them right now. I, I think that they, uh, I, I'm excited for the Do for they the play future. tomorrow night? When do they play next? Do they, um, play Tuesday night? they play Tuesday night. So this is dropping Tuesday. So yeah, they're playing. Okay. My, my wife is getting dinner with her friend. I'm going to watch it tomorrow night. Just for you. I'm going to tweet it live. Last thing. I'm going to watch one, for you. For Last you, for thing, by the way. So you're watch Tuesday. You should watch Wednesday night in Las Vegas. Because oh, no. three months, three months Fuck after that. his surgery, I'm, I'm not excited. Watching that shit, I'm not. I don't care about Jack Eichel. He can go and fall into a, 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 a whatever. He can go. He could go. Be, he could be found drunk naked at the casinos. I don't care about That's him. That's me, dude. That's me. Well, he can be good for him. I mean, I would probably. Um, but <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not. I'm. I'm definitely gonna. There will. I will be muting that name at some point because I know there's gonna. It's gonna be like single white female. There's gonna be. Sabres fans obsessed with what he's doing over yeah, there. Yeah, Twitter is going to be an ugly it's place. Gonna, it's going to be. It's going to be when I back in the day when I cared, like when Danny Briere left, and I was definitely one of those guys who, when I was saw him doing good in Philly, I couldn't shut up about it. And there were people who were like, "Shut up! Don't talk about it. We don't want to talk." Like and like you couldn't get over it. Like I could never get over it, and it was annoying. Even though I was like on that side, and that's that's it's going to be that times a thousand. I think it's gonna be because bad. with more it with more of Twitter being blown up more than it was back when Briere left, you know, and I think it's gonna be a disaster. So. All right, well, that, that's a good way to end the show because it's something that we actually do agree on. I think it's gonna be Buffalo Twitter is gonna be a circus on Wednesday night. Anyway, give Joe a follow on Twitter at Buffalo Wins. You've had enough scotch for for uh for I mean, one I'm still nursing it to be honest yeah. with you. So. It's, uh, <laughs> We got to get a scotch sponsor, you know, for this. I'll, I'll look into it. I'll, I'll, I'll email some people. All right, guys. I'm going to be back with a new episode on Friday. Casual Friday, Joe Yurden. By the way, Friday. I won't be listening. No, I, I will, baby. I like Yurden. He's a good guy. It is. Yeah. Our, it's By the way, Joe, four-year anniversary episode coming up this Why Friday. Why am I? I want to be on it. I, I should be on the four-year anniversary, my man. Why can't I be on it? <laughs>